You're listening to MND Matters, a podcast from the MND Association. Welcome to MND Matters, brought to you by the MND Association. Alongside members of the MND community, we bring stories, information, and expertise direct to your ears. Remember to subscribe to ensure that you don't miss an episode. I'm Chris, and I'm Director of External Affairs at the MND Association. I'm really delighted to introduce today's guests, who in this episode will be chatting to you all about fundraising for the MD Association. All three are very keen fundraisers, completing a wide range of events in the past and raising money for people with MND and families affected by MND. So, uh, say hello to Jeremy, Tamara, and Matt. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Welcome all. I just wanted to really start just briefly ask you each uh, a first question, which is about if you could tell me a bit about your fundraising for the M&D Association. So what you've been doing to to raise funds and uh, maybe Jez, if I if I start with you, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. No problem at all. Well, I've been interested in helping M&D for quite some years. My I lost my grandmother to the disease in the mid 1980s and over the years I've done bits and pieces here and there. A few years ago, though, um, my wife told me I had far too many shirts. So we um, we did a, a shirt challenge where I wore a different shirt every day for a year or thereabouts, so raising money. Uh, but more recently, what I've done is, well, I suppose about three years ago, in common with a lot of people, decided I'd put on a bit too much weight. I, I used to play rugby and I had to give up playing rugby through injury and weight piled on. Diagnosed as diabetic and... Um, I had to do something about it. So I started running. And my wife, who's very good at finding these little challenges for me, I think it's yeah, get me out of the house more than anything else. But she said, why don't you get in touch with the Motor Neuron Disease Association and see about running the London Marathon, which I did and was due to run the London Marathon April 2020. Well, we all know what happened there. Uh, continued my training, continued my fundraising, ran it virtually in October 2020. Continued my training, continued my fundraising, and eventually ran the London Marathon for the first time in um, October last year. Um, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, really gave me something, a challenge completely out of my um, out of my comfort zone physically, but you know, really gave me opportunity to do lots of good things, raising money for such a, a valued and wonderful organisation. Fantastic. Thank you. That's absolutely brilliant. And Tamara, what, what about you? Um, so I had a significant birthday in February. And um, as a result of that, I decided that I would um, set myself uh, 50 challenges. So a challenge a week for 50 weeks, all based around the number 50. Um, no prizes for guessing where the number came from. Um, and so I have been doing exactly that. And so my challenges have been really uh, a, a real mixed bag. They've been everything from doing headstands to walking uh, 50 miles. I had all my hair shaved off. Um, I had to build a house of cards with 50 cards. And um, the most recent one was swimming 50 lengths of butterfly in the pool on Sunday um, and so yeah it's been a, a real mixed bag mostly based around the number 50 um, and we are now on week four, 44 so I've got six six weeks left to go 
um, to the to the end of my challenges. An interesting 40, 43 weeks. <laughs> Great, absolutely brilliant, fantastic. And 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 Matt, uh, how about you? Um, so for myself, I uh, first got involved with uh, raising money for uh, motor neuron disease when I moved to Plymouth uh, ten years ago and joined a local rugby club. Um, down there whose chairman unfortunately recently been diagnosed with MND um, and at the top of his bucket list was to raise a million pounds for charity to help find the cure um, and that included you know the club doing lots of different events sort of running the Plymouth half marathons and head shaves and you know all the other sort of things like that um, but myself recently um, myself and a friend we took it upon ourselves to, very similar to Jez, ex-rugby player who wanted to throw myself outside my comfort zone and jumped on a bike and decided that it would be a great idea to tour all 13 of the this year's Premiership Rugby Clubs by a bike. Um, so we covered 850 miles in 12 days, um, raising a very good amount of money for MNDA. That's amazing. It just shows you, I think, the range of activities that, that people undertake to, to raise money for the M&D Association. I, I'm always blown away when I when I read uh, Thumbprint and look on the website to see what people are doing and, and, and get the news on fundraising. It's just, just absolutely extraordinary. Um, I suppose, uh, I think some of you have already talked about your motivations and maybe just, uh, would any of you like to say any more about your motivation for raising money for the M&D Association? I mean, I, I mentioned my grandmother and, you know, she was diagnosed with M&D in 1985, I think it was. Um, very rapid time from diagnosis to, to losing her. She had a particularly aggressive form of the disease. Back then, it was a case of it wasn't really known about. Um, and she went through so many different diagnoses to get, you know, was it MS? Was it this? Was it that? Until they, you know, an, an MND back in the 1980s, it's just something that was, mm. you, you didn't, you just didn't know about. But what really drives me now is I hate to think that people have gone through what we've gone through without us making an attempt to try and and move things on and I know the great work that the association does and and everything around it so it's really important that I, I feel really important that we we continue to try and give those funds to be able to to really fight what is a horrific thing mm. yeah absolutely um Tamara yeah how about you um yeah so when I started out interestingly enough I hadn't really a personal connection with motor neuron disease or with the association so um but it has been amazing since i started doing this um back in february how many people have said to me oh my friend died from motor neuron disease or my brother-in-law or you know i have a neighbor who who's lost his best man um to the disease there's somebody in the village who who is fighting it now and the people at work, it's just even random strangers that I met. So one of my challenges was to climb Glastonbury Tor 50 times. Mm. And along the way, I stopped to talk to a lot of people. And there was a lady there who I think it was her, her mother-in-law, her father-in-law had literally had their diagnosis um, a fortnight a fortnight previously. And so, you know, I, we stopped to have a, a quite a long chat really. And 
to to hear people's stories and to find out about people's stories. So um, I'm so glad that I I chose it as my charity. Um, and kind of 42 weeks on, I now I now know a lot of people who've been affected by it. It's this it's, there's so many more people out there than I think anybody even realizes. For me, raising awareness and and getting the word out there has become quite a big part of what I want to do. Mm. So all of the videos, each of my challenges are videos and all of the videos, I try to put some of the little facts and some of the little um, bits of information from the MNDA website into the video so that anyone who's watching it will actually learn something from it about it as well. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think the synergy between fundraising and raising awareness is is really close. Actually, it's something we've we've found very much over the last year with the the fundraising, for example, that Kevin Simfield's done. We've seen sort of the awareness raise with with the funds at the same time, which is 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 really interesting. I think, um, uh, Matt, I, you I think you said you lost a, a friend to M and D. Is that is that right? Yeah, so I'm very similar to, to Tamara. I didn't have a personal connection with uh, MND before I moved to Plymouth in 2009. Um, mm. But Simon was actually the first person to to say hello to me and greet me when I first walked into a training session at that rugby club. Um, mm. So it kind of really hit home what he was going through in, and his sort of recent diagnosis. And over the years, being a part of that rugby club, you get to see the kind of camaraderie of, of a rugby club. They're like a family. So... Mm. And it was quite evident when one of their own got kind of, you know, hit down with with this diagnosis that everyone jumps behind him and kind of encouraged to, to raise as much money as they could. And I think that's one of the the biggest factors when we came to do our challenge this year was it marked the 10 years um, since he'd passed away. And knowing he was so close, but yet so far from that that million pounds, we were like, well, let's do our bit now to really kind of push that fundraising home and very similar to what Tamara said we we met somebody probably every day that had been either directly or indirectly affected by motor neuron disease um I remember a gentleman coming up to us on on one of our evenings we were in a pub in High Wycombe um just ordering some food and he saw we were in motor neuron disease t-shirts and hoodies and he came over to us and we had a an amazing conversation about um the work the charity does um, and it transfigured he lost his his mother-in-law to to the disease and very kindly he paid for our dinner and it's the little sort of touches like that which which really kind of it hit home as to what we were doing our challenge for it wasn't yes the the cause and the reason was to raise as much money for Simon but it was also the awareness that we brought with it every day we had a sense of this is why we're doing it mm. It's really interesting, isn't it, how the the community aspect of raising money comes comes into play. And I, one of the questions I was going to ask, maybe I could ask you, Jez, is how did you find spreading the word about your fundraising and and getting your friends and family and the wider community to support that? Because that can be a challenge, and it's something I know. You know, how am I going to get people to support me to do this? How did how did you find that, Jez? Well. It's quite an, quite an interesting point you make there, Chris, because, yeah, I mean, essentially what you're doing is you're hitting the same people. Mm. And, you know, it's not like running a raffle, which is three weeks or something. This is a huge commitment that you take and, you know, it's over a year or two years. I mean, for me now, I've been fundraising on the back of Marathon since mid-2019. So, you know, I'm quite a sociable kind of guy, you know, I've got quite a few Facebook friends and a fair percentage of them have contributed. But you've got to be very aware that 
you're hitting the same people all the time. So what I found was that you need to offer something back, whether that be a competition. So I've done things like prediction games for rugby World Cups and Six Nations, or we do a did a blind sweepstake on the FA Cup. So people bought an envelope for a fiver, and you try and hit more people, but for lesser money. Almost, I think is is the thing. It's there's a real big balance, but people are generous. Um, people do look at things you do and can see the effort and will support it. And it doesn't matter how much they support you by. I mean, some people will will put in five hundred pounds into something. Other people will will give a fiver. And each pound that you get, no, regardless of where it comes from, and regardless of what size of donation it is. Each pound is equally as valuable as the other pounds that come in. Mm. And it's the attitude that, that I've taken to to my fundraising. Yeah, absolutely. And and I know that the um, you know the community t- fundraising team at the MD Association supports through that process, and that they can give ideas and thoughts about how to fundraise. So that they're they're always there on hand to help. And I, and I wondered actually, Jez has hit on an interesting point tomorrow. You you've been fundraising over a long period of time, uh, and that has its own challenges as well. When you've got one of these with these long kind of uh, activities, <laughs> how how have you kind of kept yourself motivated over that period? of time engaging people in terms of engaging people what jess says is absolutely true it's there is a finite pot of people everybody in my email list gets an email every week from me i'm hopefully they don't kind of i think oh no it's tomorrow again um and sometimes they read them um but i've done other things so um posters and banners particularly on the events that i did outside so the 50 mile walk we had big banners out in the middle of the village and um, some friends of mine who were my kind of support crew over the uh, 25 hours of that um, challenge literally stood in the middle of the road in our village with the um, collection tubs and accosted anyone who went past. So they're really well out out of their comfort zones to talk Mm. to people. And uh, I did a spot on uh, a local radio station. I've put uh, messages in our village and our parish magazines to try and spread the word and I know people who are friends of friends have kind of put things out and reposted my posts so trying to educate people a little bit more and I think some of the challenges that have been the most uh, who've brought in the most money have been where I've actually been out and about and been able to talk to people and to to explain what I'm doing and why I'm doing it rather than the ones that have happened in the back garden during lockdown or mm. um you know which were just shown out on video so it is it's hard but you keep your end goal inside and you can just kind of keep going yeah, yeah absolutely and and matt what, what what sort of keeps you what, what's kept you going and it, you talk about the community obviously with the rugby and everything how have you found that at the, the support you've had um, the support that we had was was fantastic. I think um, not to repeat what Jez and Samara was saying, but with with social media, you only sort of hit a certain number of people, and we really found that in the build up to our ride that it wasn't really getting anywhere unless we did something out of the ordinary. Mm. So <laughs> there was one challenge. I remember Mark and I, if you know, if it was if we raised three hundred pounds, we would do one of our warm up rides with, in a dress. So we asked actually did 100 miles in a dress um which wasn't the comfiest of things and i think we blinded a lot of people around the bristol area but it was 
so, something very different that we were able to kind of give a different angle onto our onto what we were doing. Um, Mark also did a uh, his own version of Bohemian Rhapsody whilst on cycling along uh, on our ride, which was um, I mean it deafened me, but it raised a lot of money, which was which was nice. Um, what we also found though was um, a lot of the the clubs that we visited donated a signed shirt that we were able to auction off. So just being a part of um, specific Facebook groups, just becoming a member of those and explaining what we were doing with then the you know saying to Gloucester, we've got a signed Gloucester shirt if you would like to you know place a bid. Um, really kind of engaged the rugby community whilst then giving them the opportunity to get something back from it. Yeah, excellent. I, I I think you've you've all hit on a number of different things that really keep things going. It's it is a lot of fun and I think that's one of the most important things is that you know people you have fun when you're fundraising because that keeps you going doesn't it? it keeps you motivated I know when I've been doing it that's the thing that's kept me going so uh, maybe I'll start with Matt uh, what was the the best bit the most fun part of your fundraising uh, for me I think it was the uh, very different but very unique welcome that we had from all all of the premiership rugby clubs uh, Newcastle Falcons squad giving us a guard of honour to see us off and oh. to have that experience was just Oh, incredibly. It was unbelievable, it was. Amazing. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Tamara, what about you and all the, the events that you've been doing? I know you haven't finished yet, but, you know, what's been the, the best bit, the fun bit? The best bit so far, I think, will will be about the people that I've met along the way. Um, and particularly the people that I met um, in Glastonbury when I was climbing Glastonbury Tall 50 times. So I was there for the best part of 11 12 hours and there's always lots of people up Glastonbury tour and they're always interesting people um so early in we started early in the morning and um there was a group doing a meditation to the sunrise one member of that group came to talk to me and she didn't have any money to give she didn't have anything that she could donate financially but she had um an amazing um crystal stone marble and she gave me that and it was to wish me well on that day and on all of the fundraising and that that uh, marble came up and down the tour with me I think 48 times um, and it now sits on a little mantelpiece just in our living room um, so I see I walk past it every day that lady i don't know i don't know her name i don't know anything about her other than what i've just said to you guys um but she she will stay with me uh, along with all of the other people that i met on that day and every other day um throughout the 50 weeks so i think it's it's about the people for me lovely thank you tomorrow lovely story <laughs> it's quite emotional as well yeah absolutely um jess how about you well the best bit for me was doing that marathon um, and I just you know everybody turned around and says it's going to be a life-changing moment in your life and everything like that it's going to be the most amazing experience and you there's a bit of flippancy about you going yeah well, okay whatever it's just running the marathon and then you do it and you're running around London in a vest with my own own on it and your name on the front strangers are shouting out your name and saying mm. go on Jess go on you'd run that London Marathon 
and all these people who just want you to succeed, who want you to do your best, who want to give you support without any need of anything coming back to them other than you smiling at them, just reaffirms your your faith in the human race. Mm. But what really got to me, and I'm afraid I'm going to get a little bit emotional here, a bit like Tamara, I crossed that line and I became at peace with my grandma. And that is such a huge thing. You know, I know my grandma, she loved me, whatever, you know, but to be able to do something in her name that's going to help other people because that was what she was like. She helps other people first. To be able to do something like that in her name, mm. and if you've got that opportunity, I'd say go out and do it because that's the real life reaffirming part of it. I've done something good, and I've done something good in somebody's beautiful name, and that's just wonderful. That's lovely. Thank you. Thank you all for sharing that. That's very personal kind of moments there. Thank you very much indeed. That was, uh, that was lovely. Thank you. What, what do you hope um, your fundraising will achieve? And, and where would you where would you like to see, you know, the, the money go, if you like? For, and what do you think it will do for people living with MND? What really motivates me is seeing how Motoneurone affects people and yet people don't know about it. It's a, it's a funny thing to say, but when you see people like Doddy Weir and, and Rob Burrow um, and, and, and people who are well-known, them raising the awareness, and it's so sad that they've got it, but almost in a way, because of their stature and, their, and, and, and the love that people have for them, because, you know, they are heroes. I mean, Doddy Weir... Uh, fallen in the side of English rugby teams over the years, but, you, know, <laughs> uh, you know, an absolute hero of the game, and now being a hero in in his in his fight. Rob Burrows again, you know, big tough guy and a small body, but you know, and a big tough guy now. But it's taken the fact that it's taken high profile people to get this disease, to bring it to awareness so that the BBC Breakfast pick up on it, for instance, like Sally Nugent does, and she's done such great work around Rob Burroughs in particular. I, I hope that we can build upon that with what we're doing. The, the scientists and the, and the doctors and the, the researchers or whatever who are looking for the cause and the cure and whatever, I mean, that's beyond me. I could not do anything to help that whatsoever i mean but if i can build upon what's been done now in in even in my tiny little way so that, that my 500 friends know about motor neuron and then if somebody speaks to them at work and says about it they know a bit about it and it word starts spreading that, I mean, that's job done isn't it sure no absolutely and i think it's making that contribution isn't it it's your contribution to this fight which is is really important i think tomorrow uh, where, where do you hope uh, we can make progress you know Jez has already talked and I spoke earlier about um, raising awareness um, obviously research is expensive anything that we can do to add to that pot of money is is going to be helpful everyday people like us <laughs> Um, and and I'm, a couple of people, fundraisers who who really hit home for me were Stuart and Charlotte, who did the Spenny Olympics, mm. who absolutely just blew everything out of the water in the three weeks of their 
Olympic events and you think you know we can make a real difference and it and it doesn't matter you know if we raise uh, 50 pounds 5,000 pounds or 50,000 pounds you know every every single penny will go towards improving the lives of the people who are suffering and the people who love those people so you know whatever we've done and whatever we've had to do to get to where this point it's been worth it absolutely um hope that somebody somewhere along the line will benefit from our efforts however it's just um it's all it's all part and parcel of the big picture yeah Excellent, thank you. Uh, Matt, have you got anything to add to that? It's quite a lot covered there by Jason. Yeah, again, but what we found is the more and more that we can raise awareness, uh, like Jez said, more and more people then know about the, the association, the disease, um, and even if 10 people then go on to raise £50, let's say, each, it's, you know, more money into the pot, which ultimately is going to help the, the researchers and and everyone to to find find that cure that we're all desperately hoping for. Jess, mm. Jess, you yeah, want to? I just wanted to add something else to that as well. Is that is a long term project. You know, we're not going to find a cure tomorrow, regardless of how much money we throw at it. It's going to take time, but also to help people whilst we're trying to find a cure, whilst we're trying to find a way to 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 end this disease that people are supported that they are able to retain dignity and retain a standard of living yeah the the other thing that i think comes on from what jez has said is about is about hope as well we haven't um mentioned but one of the things that i would hope that i have done uh, over the last however many weeks and um, over the whole year is is to give some hope to people who are suffering, to people who are struggling, to people who are watching their loved ones suffer, knowing that there are a whole bunch of us trying to do something to find a cure for them and to to move things forward so that one day, fingers crossed, um, you know, somebody will will get that diagnosis, but it won't be the horrific diagnosis that it is now. So if if we can even instill a little bit of hope in the people who come behind us, then, you know, that's a plus point for me, too. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think hope is really important. And um, I know I, I can certainly reassure you as people who are fundraising and raising awareness of MND that that makes a massive difference because the feedback we see from people with MND and their families when they see people fundraising, when they see coverage on the media, it, it does give people that hope that people are talking about MND and that 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 is really, really important to people, I think. Um, absolutely. I wanted to come to on a personal level with fundraising now and I just wondered um, uh, Matt if maybe I can come to you first on, on a personal level uh, what you got out of the fundraising did, did you find it a generally positive and fulfilling experience I guess is the, is the question. I think like we've touched on a minute ago there was more to it than just the money we could raise um, mm. if we could raise the awareness of every in every city that we went to in our brightly coloured MND cycling jerseys that were enough to turn heads and ask questions about what we were doing and mm. um, that almost meant more to us at the time than raising the money 
Yeah. Um, once we'd you know finished and you know put the bikes away and and stuff and then reflected of how much money we then raised, I think it then actually hit home that we we have raised a, a really good amount of money for for the association and that's hopefully going to go to to support people and support research. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tamara and Jez, did you find it a generally positive experience? Or? Some of my challenges have been really quite enjoyable uh, and some of them really haven't. Um, <laughs> some of them I knew that I would be able to do and some of them I didn't actually think I could do. And it's interesting to see from a kind of personal growth and development perspective what you can do when you are motivated and when you have something of a goal in your head that you think yeah this is uncomfortable this is outside of my comfort zone and i would like to stop and go and hide underneath the duvet but i am not going to because i've made a promise so yeah i think getting outside of our comfort zone even things like getting in front of a video camera which i absolutely loathe um so i'm quite glad this is a podcast and not a video recording um has been super interesting but just motivating and and learning what motivates people and what keeps us going when things are tricky it's been it's, it's been amazing so um yeah for me personally um the fundraising without the fundraising i very much doubt whether i would have done what yeah. i have done i was the world's worst trainer. I'd turn up for a training session, I'd go through the motions, we'd work out what the line-out calls were, and I'd be off for a pint and a fag. And I could turn up on a Saturday, and at the level I found myself at, I could get away with it. Suddenly getting to the point where you turn around and you say, right, I'm going to sign that piece of paper, whatever, I'm going to run the London Marathon. As a 20 stone, as I was at the time, 48-year-old diabetic, <laughs> and you suddenly realise, oh yeah uh, things getting real now um and i had to do it the fact that money was coming in and fundraising was happening was what got me out on cold mornings to go and do a 10 mile run but that's all part of the fact that next year i want to run more marathons and raise more money for my own so um on thursday on payday i shall log in and and put myself down for the Brighton Marathon and the Yorkshire Marathon and I'd want to run the London Marathon again for most Nero and without that fundraising I don't think I would one ever started that journey it, or if I had started that journey it wouldn't have been too long before I turned around and gone you know what I'm happy I've done counts to 5k approving it right go back to my old the old tricks so actually having the fundraising giving me the kick up the backside that I need has not only been beneficial I hope to to the charity, but it's been hugely beneficial to me as a person. And I can't tell you what my mantra is because it's very, very rude. But um, <laughs> basically, it's saying I, I will show. I will show people. I would say ninety-five percent of the people I know, including myself, turned around and went, "No, you won't. <laughs> that won't happen." And all the way around the London Marathon, when I was talking to my grandma, it was basically said, I'm going to show them, grandma, I'm going to show them. And as I rounded the the bend onto the, the final 200 yards to the finish line, it was, I've shown them, I've shown them. It's proven to yourself. Doddy, we're 
Rob, all these people have been so brave in putting themselves out there, showing themselves at their most vulnerable. Um, and if they can do that, then I can run 26.2 miles around London. Not a problem at all. And I can raise a bit of money. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, Matt, sorry, do you want to come yeah, in? Thanks. I was just... Yeah, I was just going to follow on from what Jez said about I definitely think I do fall into that category of being one of the world's worst rugby trainers. Um, but I knew I couldn't do that with getting on a bike because it was so alien to me. Mm. And I couldn't just rock up on Tuesday, the 28th of September, hoping that I'd be able to cycle 850 miles. Um, I think one of the things that I've got from, you know, listening to Tamara and Jez is that we've all the three of us have really pushed ourselves and our boundaries and thrown ourselves completely out of our comfort zones to do something that people a year, two years ago would have told us we, we couldn't have done. And I think that looking back was one of my biggest drivers of motivation to be able to turn around to those people who said, you're not going to get on a bike and cycle 850 miles. I can, and I've done it. We can because we're driven, we're motivated to, to proving them wrong. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. Um, and, and actually, you've led me on quite nicely to to the next part, really, and, and the next question, which is uh, our fundraising theme for January <coughs> is a no time to wait. And the reason that we've called it that is because a third of people diagnosed with MND die within a year of diagnosis and half within two years. And that's why we used the phrase no time to wait. And and I guess I just wanted to ask you, perhaps start with you, Tamara. Um, what would you say to someone who's listening now who is thinking about fundraising uh, for the MND Association? I, I would say just do it. If you've got even half an idea, um, put a date in the diary, um, tell tell as many people as you can. The thing is, once you start to tell people, that's another great motivator because you've got to do it then. If you've told people, <laughs> you can't then, oh, oh yeah, no, I didn't actually mean that. Just do it. It doesn't matter if you raise £5 or, you know, £50,000. Uh, it, it's all going to a, a super course and it will all make a difference. Um, be brave, be bold, um, just get out there. If you are, even if your idea seems a bit silly, uh, go with it, talk to people, it might develop into something else, it might grow, you know, get other people on board, just go for it. Fantastic, thank you. Have any of you got any top tips for anybody who's thinking about fundraising? Um, is there anything you've kind of learned along the way? Personally, I'd say my top tip is be unique. Don't worry if something doesn't come off. The one thing I found, when I when I was first doing fundraising is that sometimes you did an event and it just didn't work or people didn't buy into it. I found that hugely frustrating because you sit there thinking this is a, such a fantastic idea. Just because you think it's a fantastic idea doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a fantastic idea. And then my third tip would be get people engaged. Don't do it all yourself. Running a marathon was was a team effort. I couldn't have done it primarily without my wife she's been an absolute rock behind me she fully supported me as I say I mean it might well be that she quite enjoyed me being out of the house for two hours on a Sunday morning I don't know but um you know everything I did she was behind me she was a great sounding board for ideas that she'd turn around and say no I don't think that one will work or that's going to take too much work or whatever my family mom and dad whatever you know every, get everybody involved get friends involved say to, you know say to a friend 
so when I did the virtual London Marathon, you know, I did 10 laps of the local um, reservoir and, and, and public park. People came down and ran either a lap with me or two laps. One guy ran half of it with me. So you get everybody involved. And it, it, it's not you dictating to people that this is what I'm doing. You must give me money. It's getting their buy-in as well, making them part of the team, bringing them in. Many hands make light work and all of that sort of thing. You know, you're not just turning around to people and saying, open up your wallet. You're saying to people, please get involved and get the same out of it that I'm getting out of it. And 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 people will, will do that. They will support you. Mm. There will always be, you know, people who who can't help you financially, but they can help in other ways. As Jezza said, some of the best support I've had has actually not involved any money at all. It's been about people, um, you know, baking cakes and bringing me a cup of tea at the end of a very long walk or standing on the poolside cheering as I swam that last lap of butterfly or you know just being present sometimes and being helpful family are and and your, your friends are an absolute can be an absolute gem and as Jess has said you know um they can really help with all of the background stuff and all of the extra bits that go with fundraising there's always going to be people who can't help or who won't help or who are not in a position to help and you just have to say well okay that's fine but don't let it put you off and, and keep asking and keep keep going. Mm, yeah, fantastic. Thank you. Matt, have you got anything to add to that? Yeah, I think um, it is having that that idea that it's in it's in your head and just run with it. It doesn't matter how big or how small it is. Just go with it and, and try. If it doesn't work, amend it. Try again. It is about having that support team around you it's not just about people who can you know put money on your just giving page but it's those people who can take the pressure off of you of planning something that you want to do and you know like like jez said um with his wife my wife was incredible with our with our fundraising um and mark's wife they drove our support van up and down the country they uh, checked in and out of our hotel rooms they cooked us meals they that just yeah took all the pressure off and it was an idea that we had and we were just able to not run with it cycle with it (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and and I think that's that's the thing if you can get that support from friends or your family uh it it will really help you along and I I know as I said before the the community team at the M&D association is there to support as well and, and give encouragement and and to kind of drive you along especially if you're doing some of these kind of longer events as well which take a bit of training i remember um having support of your family just reminds me of when i was training for the marathon and i remember saying to my wife i'm just going out for a training run she said how long are you going to be i said well, three and a half hours <laughs> 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 it's, it's those sort of things you, as well as the support you need the understanding as well don't you as well to to make that happen uh absolutely, so. absolutely. and 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 then the other thing of course as well as I got to the end, I rang my dad and my dad turned around and said, I'm proud of you, son. And when you get something like that, at the end of something so emotional, um, it, it just makes everything worthwhile. And knowing that my dad said that, mm. knows that the person that I was doing it for mm. would have been proud as well. That's, that is so huge. And if- but it's also, yeah, getting those words of well done or I'm proud of you that is the cherry on the top of the cake, I think, mm. because it just makes everything, all the pain, sweat, tears, 
everything worth it. Yeah, it, it just it it dissipates immediately, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, it's great. Well, thank you all. I, I just wanted to thank you so much uh, for, for taking part in the podcast today and, and sharing your fundraising stories, your ideas, your thoughts on fundraising and your motivations. Um, it's It's been really fascinating to, to listen to you. And I, I think one of the things we hope with this podcast is that um, uh, people who are thinking about fundraising for the for the association, maybe we'll find it less daunting. It is fun. And and with that support, you can you can really do something very very worthwhile so thank you so much for taking part it's been an absolute pleasure to to talk to you um and uh, to anybody listening uh, if you've been inspired and would like to find out more about doing some fundraising on your own uh, there is no time to wait um, get in touch with our team uh, they can help you find the right event the right event for you uh, please just call 01604 611860 or email fundraising at mndassociation.org or just visit our website at mndassociation.org stroke fundraising so thank you so much everyone it's been a real pleasure to meet you and to talk to you about your fundraising activity and just on behalf of the association thank you so much for all the fundraising that you've done um i think 2021 has been an extraordinary year for the mnd association for mnd and for fundraising and raising awareness and we're hoping to make uh 2022 uh just a bigger year as well so thank you so much for what you're doing and continuing to do because i know you're still fundraising for the association so Thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure meeting you. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank thank you. And thank you for giving us all the opportunity to do it. Without you being there and supporting us, we'd never be able to achieve it. So thank you to the association. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much indeed. You've been listening to MND Matters, a podcast from the MND Association. Find more information at mndassociation.org. If you've been affected by any of the issues raised in this episode, contact our helpline MND Connect on 0808 802 6262 or email mndconnect at mndassociation.org.